Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 11th episode of the Zoocast. I am Adam, joined as always by Josh and Louis. And yeah, it's, I mean, we have we have a full crowd uh, for this one. Eh? When's the last time that all three of us were in the were in an episode together? Two episodes ago, I think. But but before that, we still yeah. I think it, we've only had it like once in the last four. So yeah, man. Oh well. Yeah, we all have lives. How's that? Eh? Crazy. <laughs> Um, but anyway, we, uh, we have sense stuff to talk about, like actual sense stuff, which is crazy because that usually doesn't happen. Um, but there was a trade, there was a real life trade that the sense made. Um, so we, we should start with that because it's probably the most critical piece of information that's dropped in the last week or so. Logan Brown is gone. Sayonara. He's going to St. Louis, which is probably the only place that he would go. <laughs> let's be honest. But he goes to St. Louis for uh, Zach Sanford. And I think the Blues also get a conditional fourth if Brown plays, what is it, if he plays 30 games or something? Or less. Less, yeah. Or, less. Yeah. 30, yeah. Yeah. or maybe so, just less than 30. Something I think, yeah, like that. it might be less than. Yeah, because we're giving the fourth to that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's none if he plays over 30 games, not less. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So, you guys are, yeah. Going way. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Unless we just completely botched that, I think that's what it is. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure that's anyway. what it is. Yeah. So the, I mean, a lot of people saw this coming, in a sense that, you know, the, yeah. I mean, he's he's had a tough time here, and but I think a lot of people. I know you guys are big advocates for this. That he probably had a decent chance if they had kept him, you know, health permitting, he could have probably played on the team this year, right? Like he, you know, was probably good enough to play on the team. But I think that relationship with him and the organization has been like broken for a while and i know his dad has gotten into stuff like we've talked about this before like his, his yeah. dad's a weird guy um but uh but anyway um louie i guess i'll ask this to you what is like so logan brown's saga in ottawa is over now do you think that this is like a bad like so it, it there's a there's a thing like people are saying like was this just a bad pick or was it just unfortunate that he was injured all the time? Like, what do you think the main reason is that this really didn't work out um, between Brown and the Zens? I feel like it's obviously just injuries. I've never seen a player just get this many injury issues this yeah. early in his career, just consistently. Like, it's insane. He, he got injured multiple times per year every single season. Yeah. And obviously he had the, like, he had the skill and, and the vision, all that stuff. And he still showed some very nice flashes when we were able to watch him at Belleville, like, the last couple of years but it's what's unfortunate for him is he's such a big body which a didn't help him with a lot of his injuries but also it makes people want a more physical tone out of him which is not really his style right so people see a big body and they're like all right he's gonna get involved physically and all that stuff but he's more of a big playmaker than an actual power forward yeah so some people are going to say that, and then they're going to point to his pace issues where his skating's not the best, and his skating style kind of accentuates that. But I feel like it was a little blown out of proportion. Obviously, it's just good to kind of just move on at this point. Everybody's been talking about this for so long. Like, yeah. it's just nice to get, like, you know, he gets to go back to St. Louis. The Sens get a somewhat valuable NHL and Zach Sanford back. You know, I'm in the end, I'm pretty happy with the trade, and we'll, we'll see how it goes if he's able to bounce back in St. Louis or not. Yeah, and Josh, maybe we can go to you on this one. Zach Sanford, the Sens get Zach Sanford. The, I mean, obviously, as soon as people, you know, found out the trade, everyone's frantically researching, like, no, who the hell is this guy? Um, but maybe you'd be able to break it down um, to Sens fans who this this new player is. Yeah, I, I haven't watched him play a ton myself yet, um, but from what I've heard, he seems, you know, like a capable third liner, middle six guy. If Shane Pinto starts in the AHL. I wouldn't mind Sanford getting the opportunity at second line center over Chris Tierney. I mean, I might prefer Colin White there, but that's a whole different discussion. But, you know, sure. if it's between Sanford and Tierney, I'd probably pick Sanford. He has more goal scoring ability. Uh, but if you're trying to 
if, if you look at his defensive numbers, they seem pretty good. So if you're trying to make a shutdown third line, something like Nick Paul, Zach Sanford, and Colin White, that's also a pretty good option. So it kind of just gives them more depth. Um, center is one of their stronger depth positions. I don't know how much he can play right wing too, but from the sense they kind of had to, you know, trade Logan Brown at a certain point, not just because of the injuries, but like Lou was saying, like there's just been a rift between the two camps for, for years now. Um, but it's, it's really injuries. Like St. Louis is taking a huge bet on it. You know, it's like, all right, so we got Logan Brown. If he stays healthy for 82 games, we have ourselves probably, I believe he'd be a decent, really good third line center this year, you know, playing in that middle six. So they're kind of swinging for upside and they're trying to save some cap too, which definitely helps them. Yeah. So I think it's something that'll work out for both teams, especially if Logan Brown can stay healthy. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it is too bad for, for Logan Brown because I think a lot of people wanted to see it work out for him here. But, I mean, people kind of lose track. Like, he's been a pro. Like, he's been, he was drafted five years ago. Like, he's, you know, it's, he's, been, he's been around. Like, eventually, he's got to take a stand for himself and be like, I got to make a change for my career to, you know, put this, this ship in the right direction. So you can't really fault him for wanting out um, just to change the scenery. Obviously, you know, going back home, he's always been a big St. Louis guy vocally. Um, so, you know, it, it's good for him. And I, I do hope it works out for him there. Um, but yeah, Stanford's interesting because t- I think two years ago, he had a great year. Um, on pace for like over 20 goals and 40 points. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Last year, not as great. I think he had like 16 points in 50 games or something like that. Um, but you wonder what he could do maybe on that second line. Also had a really bad PDO bender last year, both like for shooting percentage and on ice save percentage. Bennington was, was not good for them last year, let's be honest. So that is fair but i mean you think of what what could he do you know in between like you know connor brown and, and stutzville maybe there's some chemistry waiting to develop there um but at the end of the day the sends get this and i mean there's nothing wrong with a guy like him you know solid third liner but this is <laughs> the sends love third liners it's so strange they lo- love them they could build their whole team around them and in case you're wondering by the way i forgot to mention this the sends connection in this trade because there's always one is that Zach Sanford played with Colin White in college. He was also coached by uh, Troy Mann, I think, in Hershey. Yeah, in Hershey, in that's right. So so that that was Pierre Dorian's research project before he made that trade. He's figuring that Me out. Me and Pierre McGuire. Oh, yeah. There's probably a tag team heard, effort, I think. I was, some, someone was saying on Twitter how many St. Louis games Pierre McGuire's covered in the last handful of years. <laughs> and that may have played a part because he got to see call, uh, sorry, Zach Sanford yeah. firsthand so much. Especially during the playoff run, probably too. Was Sanford the guy who fought Bogo or um? Yes. Not Bogot, yes. At practice. Yeah? yeah. Yeah, which is weird because from what I've heard is Sanford's like six four, two ten, but he doesn't hit. He's kind of like a no grit guy. That's what I've heard. I, again, I haven't seen him too much. And he fought his teammate in practice. Yeah, exactly. So I, I mean, he may have been instigated by his teammate and not had a choice, but yeah. Oh well. I mean, we'll see. Maybe, hopefully, we don't get another Patrick Seeloff situation there. Oh, God, never again. Hey, yeah, if but... we do, maybe we'll get a Brian Gibbons out of it, though. Yeah, a few years down the road and costing an injury to one of our top six players. I don't know if I'd take that trade. I know you're a big Brian Gibbons guy, though. So Comes up every other pod. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this works out. I think this is a relative like, but you know, And there's not a lot, really, to get mad about from Sen's perspective with this trade. I mean, it's... It's a, it's a really, there's just an, it needed to be done. Um, you're taking a chance on a guy like Sanford, maybe works out, maybe, maybe he doesn't. Um, but anyway, we have, uh, we have more to get to. So, so long Logan Brown, and we'll see what Zach Sanford can do. Um, the Sens are starting to play hockey and it's great. And, you know, their camp continue. The rookie camp is over, but main camp is, is well underway. Um, before we get to, you know, the, the scrimmage notes and, and how players are doing when you go through the injury report, because the main, the main, so in my opinion, the main thing about preseason is that you want to get through preseason without any injuries. Cause that just, I mean, you're putting yourself down a man before the season even starts. That's just terrible. So that's all that I pray for really. Um, one guy who, you know, he was, he was poised to have a really good year in the A this year. And he's talked about a lot on this podcast by a certain day you know, individual. Uh, Angus Kirkshank is out for a while. 
and he took it was a really weird play in the in the rookie game scrimmage against Montreal the second rookie game scrimmage um and I think it's like an ACL MCL thing both have been torn yeah yeah exactly so he might see a couple games at the end of the year um but it's a tough break for him because he came in last year at the end of the year and lit up the A just like was fantastic Everyone was really excited about him. He's like getting great reviews at a camp too. Like our Dorian and, and Smith were like, man, this guy's good. Like Troy Mann likes him. Uh, tough blow for him. So we wish yeah. Angus Crookshank the best um, in his recovery. Hopefully we'll see him at the end of the year. Um, but other than that, no other injuries, I don't think. Uh, has Dao played? He's, since? He's I, I, I know he he's came back. back like into the lineup later that game, but I don't think he played no, the game he, after. Yeah, but he's back. Like he was practicing and and oh wait camp. is zach leslie good because i know he got in oh that's too. right zach leslie the ahl guy i know i think he's out for a bit um so sorry we forgot zach leslie but uh anyway so uh now that that's i mean good okay we can get the injury report off the off the docket here um but yeah so you guys watched i mean i watched as well the, the rookie games because we'll get to main camp in a sec but the rookie games did happen before um Two against Montreal, they beat them both. Um, you know, standouts, Louis. Who do you think really caught your eye and uh, and made a good impression on you in the rookie games? Um, well, I think we talked about this last time. You know, I think like Max Hoskinet was pretty solid. Lassie Thompson is really starting to you know put his name a little back on the map. I yeah. feel like people had forgotten about him a lot, and you know he he's a guy that has a boomer of a shot and can get a nice little transition passing game going. But uh, friend of the pod, Chandler Romeo, he wasn't really he wasn't really too bad also. Um, yeah. You know, like sure. he didn't really stand out in terms of anything, but again, that's not the, that's not the worst case if you're more of a defensively inclined defenseman and stuff like that. But honestly, at this point, the, the rookie games are so far from now. Now we have what we have the intra squad games to talk about. We have the preseason games. So yep. I'm just happy that we can start moving to like actual bubble guys and start talking about, you know, battles in camp and all that stuff. When you talk about bubble guys, um, one guy, and this is not, this doesn't really have anything to do with just the two rookie games, but Josh, Igor Sokolov has seemed to make an impression on a lot of people in camp, getting a bit of, you know, it, it's interesting to see his name on Twitter because a lot of, some people are like, oh man, like he looks great. Like he could totally, you know, he could be slotted in on that right wing right now. And then some people are a little more hesitant and want him to get more time in the A. Uh, you've talked about this before, but what do you think the plan should be for a guy like Sokolov who's starting to turn heads in camp a bit, uh, might be ready to take the jump? Yeah, so I sadly I've been super busy. I haven't been able to watch a ton of those rookie games. Um, but one thing I can say that I remember is the biggest thing for him is the foot speed going from the AHL to the NHL. Like that was the biggest reason he didn't get drafted the first time. Is he's a huge guy, amazing shot, great hand. And we're not talking, you know, Mark Stone skating ability. Like his skating was a whole league below that. And um, I guess Louis maybe might be able to touch more on this, whether or not his skating has taken that jump from last season to this season to warrant, you know, getting looks as maybe the third line right winger this season. Yeah, we'll see. He, he's definitely got to be on that short list of, of, uh, of call-ups once they get into the year. Um, but maybe Louis, maybe you could keep going on that. Uh, a couple more notes from the, from the scrimmages before we move on. Cause I know you watch those pretty in depth. Yeah, and just staying on Sokolov, he, he definitely made a better case for himself in game two. He looked like, again, his skating is taking more strides, you know, pun unintended. But um, what's weird about him is I hadn't noticed this before, but he makes a lot of just weird, like, no-look passes that go right to the other team. And I hadn't really noticed that before, but it seems like those are becoming more and more common. I don't know if that's just, like, jitters and wanted to play the puck very quickly, but, you know, maybe starting to pay attention to those a little more. And obviously, he's got that booming shot, which is great. But uh, just looking at other standouts from, you know, the scrimmages, Brandstrom looked awesome on Saturday. Like That's, This got, is not the rookie scrimmage, though. This is no, the, no, no, uh, no, the, the intra-squad yeah, from okay. Saturday. Yeah, yeah, so Brandstrom looked great. Like, he was elusive as ever, you know, using his agility. His passing game was there. He wasn't too bad in transition defending, too. And, you know, his ability to contain, like, bigger NHL-caliber players like Nick Paul and Colin White and, like, cause or win puck battles was honestly pretty good. And, you know, Norris was still, like, exuding poise and still being kind of dynamic, as he showed with that goal of his. Colin White was pretty dominant when a shift early on and had a nice uh, had a nice goal later to tie it with... That pass like, from Zub was great, eh? He has it... mastered the slap pass at this point. Yeah. Like, he's gotten oh. one, like, an assist to 
Pinto on his first goal. He got like yep. a nice little slap pass tip to Timmy for his first goal of that hat trick last year. He's mm-hmm. been he's been great, and he's like been like showed a little more to be a little more willing to like jump into plays and activate a little deeper in the zone, which is cool too. He's getting more comfortable. And I wonder if that kind of comes with because I know someone I forget where I saw this, but someone I think Shabbat said that his English is getting better. So maybe once the you know if the communicative aspect gets there, then you're more confident. You know teammates can tell you what to do you can kind of you know talk a bit more about what you know plays that you like plays that you don't like um yeah. so it's honestly just onwards and upwards with zub i think from here i i it's 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 really good to me that they're gonna try this zub shabbat pair at least you know yeah. Give it the, yeah right because we've we've all been preaching that like shabbat needs a better partner than zaitsev and zub is a better partner than that than zaitsev on the right side of it fits perfectly. The thing that comes with that, though, the negative the trickle down effect of is that yeah. you have this. They're calling it what they're calling it the shutdown pair of Michael Delzato and Nikita Zaitsev, which is going to get torched. Like it, it's you, there's really no Delzato is an offensive defenseman. Yeah. Yes, Delzato's exactly. He's he hasn't been guy. quite. He says that he's molded. I remember he said this in an interview like a maybe a month or so ago on twelve hundred, and he's like. Yeah, you know, I've, I'm trying to, you know, I've, I've molded into a more of a defensive role the last, you know, as I've gotten older, which I, I could not tell you if that's entirely true. I don't watch Michael Delzato that, all that much. Um, but this, I, I don't know. It seems like it's, it's going to be another failed experiment with him and Zaitsev. I'm going to, I mean, obviously don't knock it till you try it, but everything points to this being a pretty catastrophic failure on the I second I think it pair. depends if, if it's the second pair or the third pair. I think it yeah. depends, right? Like, if they're the third pair, it yeah. won't be too bad. And you have, like, Brandstrom, Mete, second pair? Oof. Yeah, so I think with Brandstrom, I was trying to get onto this earlier, is they have to decide which side they want him to play and keep him yeah. there in both levels, AHL and NHL. Because for him, the worst thing is switching back and forth because it's a different game when you're playing on your backhand versus your forehand. Tell him what side he is long-term, and I think – that might be the right side because you have Shabbat, Sanderson, right, and Mete now. So that might be the right side. Mm-hmm. Tell him he's on the right side in games, put him on the right side. When he's down in the AHL, if he goes down, put him on the right side as well. Stop flip-flopping yep. him because that's just another thing that's going to make it harder for him to progress. And also, we've talked about this before with forward lines, where the Sens are notorious for literally changing their lines all the time. Like, get D-pairs that stay... So you can develop some chemistry at least a bit. Like the only deep pair that's been, you know, the same has been Shabbat and Zaitsev, which has been probably one of their worst pairs actually in the last few years, right? Like give Branstrom a partner, give Mete a partner and try, you know, Zub with Shabbat and then keep your seventh D-men as your seventh D-men and only play them when there's an injury and then your eighth D-men and, and so on. Like they go through this thing of like cycling and cycling and cycling these guys in. It's just so it's like a lot of chaos. Like, and no one really. Everyone's playing with a different partner every night. It can't be good. Like that. That can't be a good system. No expert, but uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, we'll see what they do. I, they have a lot of defensemen. I'm trying to think of combinations they could do, like in just setting things. And the thing is, Del Zotto screws all of it up because yeah. you still have him for another year after this. Right? I, I never understood that, actually. I, I don't get it. Because, like, I guess, because they want to try Shabbat Zub, so you go Shabbat Zub, then maybe Branstrom, Holden, Mete, Zaitsev. And then you have Josh Brown. Who was the captain of the Memorial Cup winning Windsor Spitfires for DJ Smith, so he's not going anywhere. No, you know he's going to play. And, and then he, there's JBD just rotting away in the, in the A. Like, if he's there for, for a couple months, sure, maybe even most of the year. But if you start seeing this trend where they're not bringing him up because of the extra year of Del Zotto or Josh Brown is there, like, what are we doing here? Seriously. And then you got a guy like we talked about how good Thompson's been lately. He's probably going to warrant a call up at some point. They won't have room. They wanted to play him sometime late last year, I think. Didn't Gary say that in an article? I think so. So we'll see if he ever gets another chance. Um but we'll see. The defense will be interesting. It'll be another year of a bunch of ridiculous pairs. Like everyone will play with everybody, which is not good. You should have regular pairs. Um, so, I mean, we're not there yet on that front. But anyway, that's the story with the defense. Um, just another quick hit on the rookies. Um, they're trying to trim down the roster right now for camp. So Chandler Romeo, Ben Roger, Carson Latimer, and Levi Marilyn are back to junior. Um, I don't think 
any of those players were expected to make the team. So no real surprises there. Levi is in Kingston. So any 67s fans, whenever Kingston comes here like six times. So plenty of opportunity to see him. Hopefully he'll have a big year in junior. Um, same with the rest of those guys. So uh, we'll see what happens there. What I find weird is like some of the guys that were excluded from being set down, like Zach Estapchuk is still up. That's yeah, they really like him, eh, DJ? DJ oh seems God. to love him. DJ likes – he well, he, I mean, it's his DJ player, right? He's 6'4". He is a big centerman. He, you know, plays the way that DJ wants him to play. Um, it's kind of a match made in heaven, I guess, for those guys. Um, yeah. But he's been he's been doing well. Apparently, he's been impressed with the coaching staff. So he's good. And and, and I don't get why I he think, didn't play uh, last night, though. Like, Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I guess he'll play – GPD either, players. actually. Well, well, there's a lot – I mean, you can't play everybody, I guess, in the you know, like they'll yeah. play Wednesday. A lot of those guys who were out. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's a good segue. They had their first preseason game in the Sens yesterday. We're recording this on a Monday. It was Sunday. They beat the Jets uh, in overtime. Lot, there was a couple of big storylines in this game. It was a preseason game. We're saying big storylines. But Ridley Gregg definitely existed and was there. That's for sure. It was very much a Ridley Gregg game. Yes. So to recap this. Ridley Gregg scores a disgusting goal in the first period. Just gross between the legs, like backhand shelf. It's fantastic. Everyone's freaking out. Oh my God. Look at this guy. He's fantastic. Nothing. He can't do anything wrong. And he gets a breakaway the shift after, too, and he like draws a penalty. Yeah. Oh my God. He was busted. Been a penalty shot. Yeah. That was oh, crazy. Definitely agree. <laughs> he was all alone. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was weird. Like, I, I was also watching the Habs Leafs preseason game the other night. There was like a break. I forgot who had it. It might have been Caulfield at a breakaway, and they hauled him down. And there was no. I don't like what constitutes a penalty shot. I feel like they never get called. This should be pretty obvious. I think there should. I think there should be more penalty. I don't know. They're just yeah, more, they're no, more exciting than two minute power plays, especially an auto. Maybe Ottawa that's the next crackdown. Um, yeah, like as a as a ref, yeah. wouldn't you want to be more inclined to give a penalty shot? Like, why would you want to give it? A, a, and then there's more five on five play afterwards. Yeah, right? nobody no... like nobody. Yeah, I agree with you. But anyway, what are you going to do? Um, but uh, Ridley Gregg, long story short, has a hearing today. So the that, that was the, how the rest of his game went. Um, I actually didn't watch this game. I was I was at a I was at a I was doing it was warranted. The, the but I heard it was warranted and I heard that. He, yeah. Well, so here's bad. what here's my question. So the, it sounds like he may get suspended for this. And does this mean it like how are they going to do that? Can they suspend him for the preseason and regular season games? Is it just going to be preseason? Is it just going to be regular season? Like I'm, I wonder how that's going to work out. I don't know. If, have well, we more than this? that, more than that, I'm confused. If he gets, if he, he, I don't think necessarily he'll make the team. I mean, he's been good, but you know they're giving priority to guys like Tierney and now Sanford, whatever. If he's not sure. on the NHL team, does the suspension not get counted or? Well, I'm sure. So I don't know. Count, I do like, think I do think he'll get suspended, especially because of how unnecessary it is in a preseason game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a cross right? to the face, like. Yeah, so he might be done for the preseason. I don't know if he goes past that. I honestly have no clue. Well, it's also like let's say they suspend him for, let's say two regular season games, and he doesn't make the team oh. this year. Does that mean if he makes the team next year, does that mean he has to sit out the first two games because of the suspension from a year ago? Yeah, I don't Maybe. know, but I do remember actually. Um, when they would do suspension the preseason, like, I guess two years ago, um, they basically just wait preseason games as much less meaningful than regular season games. Yeah. So sometimes they'll come out of the hearing and be like, he's been suspended two preseason games and one regular season game. Sure. So like three games total. Right. So I guess it depends. If they're like, oh, this is really bad, they might give him only just a bunch of regular season games. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll I, see. I, yeah, we'll see what happens hearing us today. But that, I mean, you talked, you touched on it a bit, but He's making a pretty strong, well, was at least, making a pretty strong case to make the team out of camp. And a lot of people, because I know, like, Troy Mann loves him, but he can't go to the AHL because he's junior eligible. So, you know, is it, do you think it might be worth it for him, Lewis, to, to play those nine games uh, in the NHL to, uh, you know, not burn in the year of the contract? Do you think it would be worth it for him to get some experience in it, or should they not even bother and give this box to someone else? I feel like they'll just end up giving it up to someone else, especially just going by how much they've been preaching patience with prospects, you know, like he'll probably just get sent back down, you know, dominate at the lower level again. And I don't know. It's just, I don't feel like there's room there 
especially with like what was it DJ's comments earlier about how they're not really focusing on the veterans at camp so it seems like they kind of have a spot on lockdown yeah I mean okay but here's the here's the stupid thing about that he so he says I, I really didn't like that quote when he says yeah, we're not neither. looking at the veterans so in his press conference him and Dorian had like the season opening press conference or whatever and and he says he says this quote I forget the real quote but he's like you know, we've made like we've made mistakes and they cited, you know, not playing zoo, but that was a coaching mistake. And then he says, we're going to learn from those mistakes and we're going to, you know, we're going to do better. The immediate next day, he comes out with this quote that says, we're not going to pay attention to the vets. This is just about the kids. Is this not making literally the same mistake? Right. Like if yeah. they were to pay, let's use last year. Branson's a really good example of this. If they had paid attention to get Branson's play, they would have been like, he cannot play. He has to stop playing. But they they didn't. They played him the whole year until they traded him pretty much, right? And now they're not looking at guys like Del Zotto and I guess Saitsev, sure, and Josh Brown. They're going to play them, and the same mistakes are going to be made. It's going to be a bad defensive team again. And then they're going to be like, oh, man, like you know, where did we go wrong, right? How could this have happened? So, you know, we talk about like DJ's this young coach is growing as a coach, but, you know, it'd be nice if he grew a little bit faster with this stuff, right? Like it, it's, it seems like it's right on a platter for him to not do this and he's still, and he's still doing it. So I was, I was not a huge fan of that comment from him. Yeah. Again, we'll see like once the season starts, he actually starts to deploy- like doing meaningful deployments yeah. and I don't know. I, <laughs> Again, it's not a very good thing you like to hear, especially right after what he said. But yeah, again, we'll see. We'll see. And then you know, last uh, last point about this exhibition game, Pinto scores in overtime. It was a great what goal. A goal. Oh yeah, my god! My second line center scores in overtime. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Chris Tierney could never Amen. do such a thing. Chris Tierney would never. But uh, but I mean, so they rolled out like a kid line, right, in three on three. Like who'd they put out? It was it was Pinto, it was Pinto Formanton, and Branstrom. And yeah. Pinto won the draw, and then Branstrom had it for a little, and then Formanton had it for a little. And Pinto was like, "All right, guys, it's my turn." And he just went That's around fun, the zone and nipped yeah. it. It's a fun three-on-three line, isn't it? Well, oh, he he looked like Pinto looked very strong in terms of the like transition carrying game. Yeah. During the entire like the entirety of of the game, like he just looked poised and never really seemed to be able to get bounced off the puck and was pretty good in terms of retrieving pucks, even if he did lose them pretty quickly. Well, he's making his case, right? Like, he he wants that second-line center spot. And, like, he probably knows he's better than Chris Tierney, to be honest. So it's about him going out and grabbing it. And we'll see what the coaches decide and see what happens. But he's making a good case, and he's been great. He was good in that overtime. Um, one guy who is also trying to make a case is Tyler Ennis, still on a PTO. Um I don't know, Josh, maybe you could talk about this since I didn't really watch the game that much, but was he, you know, did he look okay or or do you think he's on his way to warranting a full-time contract or maybe not? Um, It's hard to tell from one game. I mean, he he looks a lot like he did when he was on the Suns. A little older, but he's still a similar player. I mean, our right wing is our weakest position and that's probably where he'd play, but I think, you know, whether he gets a contract depends on if they think Sokolov's ready. You know, guys who can fill that right-wing spot. I'd probably have him over Sokolov right now. Yeah, and I think that's okay because I wouldn't mind him starting the AHL. And, and it's a guy who wouldn't mind being signed and then being shipped off to a contender at the deadline if the Suns are selling. Right. Right. So this it's kind of a good stopgap. Third-line right-winger gives you some skill. They just, I don't know how they want to configure their lineup. They have so many, there's only five pieces, I think, that are set in their lineup. Thing, but it's the first line, right? Assuming Kachuk signed, Kachuk, Norris, Patterson. Then you have Stutzel, second line left wing, Connor Brown, second line right wing. After that, everything is up in the air. Like, we have no clue what's going to happen. So I think they should sign Ennis. And then he's your third line right winger. If things aren't going too well, I mean, it's not the end of the world if he's healthy scratched for Sokolov, if he's earned it. I would def- I would sign him if I was yeah. given that decision. Hey, they need another uh... 1.1 million to hit the cap floor, right? And he <laughs> would bring some like nice little crafty play. 
Is this if we don't sign Kachuk? Yeah, you'd hope that that 1.5 yeah. million comes from another place. I'm just thinking um, at the yeah, well, obviously, but at the beginning of the season, maybe they need to you know hit it for the first couple of games if there's still a hold. But obviously, oh, we don't want shush. that to happen. <laughs> we don't talk. They just about announced this. that the date is December first. The last day to sign a contract is December first. Yeah, like that's the same. It's the same as usual, right? So yeah, that's our deadline. Neilander 2.0, baby. Here we go. The day of. All right. Well, speaking of all that, um, we have to do this because it's still not resolved. So this is your weekly Brady Kachuk hours because it's still going. Um, every a lot of everyone's still talking. All the analysts are still talking. Um, Friedman came out today and on his 31, 32 thoughts now, 32 thoughts podcast. He was talking about it. And apparently they have discussed short term and it was not a good discussion. It did not go well. So, you know, apparently they're not far apart for long-term stuff in dollars. It's just the issue is we've heard this before. It's the bonus structure and the trade protection and all that. Um, so there's a couple things there. If the short term is really that bad, like it's as bad as as he says it is then there there are i think there are pros and cons of that and the pro is that if he signs it's going to probably be a long-term contract which is a good thing yeah but it also means that if these long-term negotiations don't end up working out doesn't really sound like there's a backup plan right because of how bad these these short-term deals are you know how bad the negotiations seem to have been. We were talking about this off cam briefly, but I think we should talk about it now. What is a fair bridge deal, honestly? Like, like Josh asked us, and we were like, well, honestly, I have, no I, have idea. I have a comparable. This is okay. out of left field. Sure. Matthew Kachuk. Oh <laughs> wow, where'd you pull that, that one? That's so, crazy. So Matthew, I mean, th- their stats are somewhat similar. I mean, Matthew put up more points, um, but Kachuk's kind of got that physical aspect which is definitely worth money when you're talking about contracts he's, he's got you know leading the league in hits and shots right um or top two so if you're talking the exact let's just say he's asking for the exact same deal that's three times seven and matt Kachuk, his deal is backloaded so his qualifying offers nine million yeah. so that's something similar that what Kachuk's asking for i would probably be very upset if that's what they did three yeah, times especially- seven Yikes. And that QO is yeah. nine million, and he can just take that, and then he's a free agent right after. It's almost like we've seen this before. One well, thing is, Matthew Kachuk <laughs> was a point per game when that contract happened, right? Yeah, yeah that's what like... I'm saying. So it, it may be, maybe, maybe it's more like three times six, but then they're still going to try and backload the deal, right? It's yeah. the same family. They're trying to. <laughs> you understand the general idea of what they're trying to doing, and if you're a if you're looking at it just from being a fan of Brady Chuck, it's not a, it's a smart thing to do. But yeah. if we're doing it from a sense perspective, that's the last thing we want. <laughs> yeah. I think Definitely. collectively a lot of people are just at this point, they're like holding out hope that this long-term thing gets done. You know, what's going to happen though. You know, what's going to happen two days before the season starts, they're just going to sign him to a one-year deal yep. and kick the can down the road and be like, all right, we're going to talk about this January 1st. We'll try and resolve your contract. And then, years, it'll say, yeah, and then it'll first. go until, and then it'll do be another one year contract the next <laughs> fall. And it's brutal. They need this so bad. Like, I, I don't think, I think that if they can do this, like, there's so much, you know, how much relief is going to come with that. If they Not actually, just relief, sign, but for Melnick, like, how many more tickets are going to sell if you have shown the fans that you're going to sign another eight year deal? Like, they're, they've already done Shabbat, right? Mm-hmm. But they've kind of done Bathurst for six, pick, which is right? nice. Or, yeah. Kachuk and Stitzel are your, you know, your highest picks. You have to be able to sign those guys big contracts to gain the confidence of the fans. Yeah. I don't know. You just you like you 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 can't not like oh I'm I'm insane it man like they're gonna sign them they're gonna sign them and I want to keep saying it because I do think that they will. But I mean, there is still time. There is still yeah. time, but it should. Hey, it could be time. worse. So, um, I can't remember which insider it could said be it, Vancouver. But they said. Yeah, so if you have Quinn Hughes, Elias Pedersen, and Brady Kachuk, the closest one to a deal right now is Kachuk. And, I mean, Vancouver has 
two players to sign. Two players well, well, better than Kachuk to Vancouver's sign that are going to command more money. They're screwed, right? And but they don't have the cap to sign yeah. both, probably. There are rumors. I mean, this is we're kind of moving away from the Chuck Dogs right now. There are rumors that Travis Hamanick might step away from the league. So that's some yeah, cap relief. That. Yeah. I think that has to do with him being unvaccinated, I believe. Is, that, is it him who's unvaccinated? I'm not sure. Oh, I don't, don't want to say for sure. I have no idea. I thought someone was. I don't want to say for sure. So don't take that as fact. Um, but I don't know what the okay. other reasoning might be for that. So well, you know, if, if you're looking at it, I'm not sure. I can't check. Um, but regardless, if he does, right, that, that really helps Vancouver's cap situation because they're going to have a hard time getting two bridge deals done, let alone two long-term deals for their two best players. Oh, man. So Hamannick only played 38 games last year, so he might have been injured. Yeah. Could be injury issues, but. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that there hasn't been other players who have, you know, publicly been like I might opt out. It's for for the best, but I thought there would have been a couple more. Apparently, it's personal that. reasons. Yeah, so there you go, right? So, yeah. whatever. From what is. I'm reading on Twitter, there's talks that he's unvaccinated, but I do remember someone saying one of his children was immunocompromised. So yeah. I don't even know if that's fully true. Mm. So, well, I I don't know, but I, like I said, I don't want to say it as fact. But if well, that's the reason, right? That's a silly reason to retire. Did he from opt out of the bubble? In the playoffs? Oh, did he? I think he did. Right? Good question. I think I remember seeing something about that. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Citing his daughter's health as the reason. So there you go. It's the same thing that Josh was just saying. That his kid is immunocompromised. So. Yeah. He was the first player to do it last year. Yeah, and there are like, rumors have been year, swirling yeah. that the reason Hamannick isn't in training camp is because he's not vaccinated. It's a weird dynamic, isn't it? His daughter is immunocompromised and he's not vaccinated. Yeah, and another, well, you want to talk about weird COVID-based dynamics. You have Alex Stalock for the Oilers, who literally had, now has a heart condition and needs to miss the entire season because of like COVID-related effects. And now mm-hmm. Josh, it seems like Josh Archibald yeah. is going to be unvaccinated. He's, he's unvaccinated. And they're, I think they're on the same him team. In camp, though. Jeez, like how yeah. do you even I don't know interact between the two? Yeah, it's it's weird. Well, did you see the Devils thing that happened? The thing with the, the Devils, the Blackwood, the thing with it, the... is it Blackwood? Did they confirm yeah, I, that it was Blackwood? I, I don't think it's no, been hundred percent Miles Wood. Oh, yeah, I was th- sure I was here in Miles Wood also. Oh, but I, I so mean... Mackenzie Blackwood's mom it works. She's like she's a doctor, so people were saying that like it's highly unlikely that it's him. Uh, yeah. Miles Wood, people were trying to figure it out they went through his twitter likes and he liked stuff about how like oh pfizer's ceo didn't even want to get his own vaccine there's no way it's good so i think that's the most likely candidate yeah <laughs> people are doing their brainstorming but we'll see because the, yeah. the article people came want out to know. Like a, it said a prominent player and miles and the, okay so the athletic knows who it is but they say we don't disclose that information so the, the person yeah. who wrote the article knows they just didn't want to say yeah We'll see. I'm sure. I mean, I wonder if it. I mean, I'm sure we'll find. I mean, we'll find out eventually, right? When the season starts, if they're on the team or not, right? Yeah. It, I mean, well, like, what was who was it? it was it was Bodie Wild who oh, got God. just destroyed by Lamorello in rightfully in New York. so, honestly. That was a weird Instagram interaction. I don't know if you guys saw that. With, uh, Jeez. with him, he went private on everything, so I couldn't see it directly on Instagram. But I saw the screenshots. He's yeah. oh God. complaining about his human rights in the same sentence that he said he knows it's not a right to play hockey, but it's his human right to not get vaccinated but still play. I, I don't know. It didn't make sense. It was no, you no, have no, a no, right no. not to. Yeah, it's a, I don't know. So anyway, and then Lou, obviously, you know, we Lou has his ways, and he was like, this guy's not playing on my team, so he's been like... I mean, he's already playing in an organization that doesn't even allow you to have facial hair. Did you really think he was going to let you... It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. Put the other players on the team at risk? That's yeah. a little bit more serious than a little beard. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely fair. But I think, uh, I mean, the good thing about all this, relative, or relatively speaking, is I think the NHL said like 98% of their players are vaccinated. There's um, only like ten or less at this point. Yeah, and are... the sends the sends are fully vaccinated. Dorian said this, which is perfect. Everyone, all the staff, all the players, yeah, love to see it. And Belleville too, like perfect, perfect, perfect. So that's really good. I don't know yeah. 
I'm assuming Zach Sanford is too. Otherwise, that would, would be really, really unfortunate if he wasn't. Because you know, that's, like, that's the only new name. That's the reason yeah. I say that, right? Because he's a new yeah. name. I'm um, sure he is. Yeah. Can't imagine. Imagine if he wasn't, and he wouldn't even be able to play like almost all the games in the season. He wouldn't be able to come to Canada. Right? <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, that's right. To play, that'd be tough dance for him. But oh well. Um. Wow, we really got off track. We were talking about yeah. Brady Chuck. Good lord. Um, but anyway, Brady Kachuk is still not signed. That's the moral of the story, pretty much. It's that Brady Kachuk is still not signed, and he better get signed before the season, or we're gonna have a mental breakdown here as a fan base. I think like, that would be a tough it's, one. To yeah, the repercussions will be massive. Like, yeah, this fan base will take a massive blow if like it the relationship falls apart. Like, like I was it's... saying this before. I don't remember if I said this on the podcast or not, but this is like I compare this to the Carlson trade. But I think that this one might actually, if, if it doesn't happen, this one might be worse because the Carlson, the Carlson trade, ever it was like there was a lot of stuff that was leading up to it. They're like, okay, he's you know, they they need to you know they're past like they're losing well, a bunch. They need to trade the assets and everything, and it was still terrible. Yeah, they were re- they were starting a rebuild, whereas now yeah, they're getting out of it. Exactly. So you this the timing of this could not be more anticlimactic for the fan base like you know what i mean like you're supposed to yeah. this is where you're supposed to sign the big contract and then you know hero walks out it's one the of the steps right yeah exactly they've also been preaching this for years they've been like we're getting all the guys signed like here's the young guys you're gonna grow up with these young guys are gonna be for 10 12 years and if they can't even sign someone to an elc that's terrible like how are you gonna i mean you can't explain that really can't um, but anyway, we'll see how it goes. We uh, well, the worst part about just just before we move on, the worst yeah. part about possibly fracturing that relationship is that that agent is also like half the rest of the team's agent. Also, right? <laughs> Craig Oster and Newport Sports or whatever. Yeah, Norris needs a contract. That's him. Uh, is Nick Paul also represented by him? I'm not sure exactly, but. It's... Maybe the Nick Paul negotiations. Apparently, so he had a quote the other day, saying how much he's like, "Oh, I love it here in Ottawa. You know, I want to stay, but I, I don't deal with that. I let my agent do all that. We'll talk about that at another time." But that's pretty standard. So yeah, yeah. But when we've had so many players who left say that the season before leaving, it becomes <laughs> scary when it's not like, a, "Yes, we're gonna sign this soon." Like it just Nick Paul's another guy. Like he's not a, a star player on the team, but he's a guy that. Every you won't find a the fan team who doesn't him. love them. Yeah, exactly. And I, yeah, I, I don't. Team. I don't think any of us could have first did that like two years ago. No, like geez. no way. Um, and he's a player who'd be you know he can he can get a huge pay grade, and I could see him as a player that the Sens are far off in money with. Right? They could be like, oh, we're just, yeah. you're on our third line, we'll give you one point five mil. Whereas realistically, you can get two and a half somewhere else. So it's like oh, I, I, did, I don't know. Yeah. It, we're talking in the future now, but. Another contract that we one one negotiation at a about. time, one negotiation <laughs> at a time. Good lord, yeah. save us the trouble. I mean, he, he we can technically extend him already, right? Stop. He's a UFA this Stop year. It. Yeah, exactly. Stop it. You know, Stop. I think we should just take the Bill Guerin approach and say, all right, we're just going to move on and focus on training camp and signing Nick Paul and Josh Norris now. Yes, exactly. We'll leave it at that because we have to talk about this next thing. Oh, um, right. which is still going on this is even worse than the kachuk stuff to be honest like the i'm gonna say enough of talking about our own team failing yeah god we could use a break and then i always say if you need another team to laugh at you just go to buffalo and that's where we go because jack eichel okay so jack eichel was stripped of the captaincy i think right like yes. officially saw that coming. failed his physical yes. which we also saw coming like no shit. now yeah. Now the team has he's still on the team. They like how is this how is this even dragging on this long? They've fumbled this so poorly. I don't think they could have handled this any worse. So I think what's happened is over the offseason, they couldn't get even Peyton Krebs in exchange for Jack Eichel. And that's when they were like, his value is so low. We kind of just have to wait and see. And I think they've gotten to a point where they're like, oh my, his value is so low now. We shouldn't even trade him. Like like if we're only getting this, we may as well hold on to him and wait to see if he budges on the surgery. And what I want to get to, I, I was listening to a summer episode of what was still then called the 31 thoughts podcast. Uh, and they had the doctor on 
who wants to do the surgery for Eichel. Like if Eichel gets the surgery he wants, it will be from this doctor. And the main stuff I retained from that was like the disc replacement that Eichel wants is almost as effective in other sports, such as the UFC and the NFL. The only difference is it hasn't been done in the NHL. It's been done in other hockey leagues, just not the NHL. And Buffalo, for some reason, is just too scared. But It's stupid that they're so stubborn on that, yeah. The recovery time for Eichel's surgery of choice is six weeks compared to six to eight months for what the Sabres want to do. So that's one thing. And the funniest thing to me is, according to this doctor, of course, um, if the surgery Eichel wants fails, they do a backup surgery. That backup surgery is the exact surgery the Sabres want to do. So I don't see what the Sabres are losing by letting Eichel do what he wants. If it fails right after six weeks and he's not moving well, then they do what the Sabres want. It's kind of a best of both worlds for them, especially because, according again, according to the doctor, the surgery Eichel wants doesn't limit his mobility the same way that what the Sabres want to do does. The, the doctor was saying, you know, him taking one-timers on his off wing is going to be take a huge hit from the surgery the Sabres want to do because he has no mobility in his upper back and his neck. So it's like from a performance perspective too, like he's maybe playing at 90, 95% instead of playing at 100%, which is, I, I don't know, it, it's dragged on for so long and the Sabres just keep making themselves look worse. Just let Eichel do it, get it over with. Yeah, like from an ethical standpoint, it's his call, isn't it? Like, you know what I mean? It shouldn't even really matter what yeah. the Sabres want. Like he, if he yeah, has to especially get the surgery, that because this is a twenty. How old is he? Twenty five, twenty six, something like that. The doctor yeah. was saying, like, later in life, right? This surgery that Buffalo wants him to do leads to arthritis in your back. It leads to weakening, like crazy weakening. It leads to difficulty swallowing in your upper back, right? Because of where it is. Jeez. Like, this is Eichel's choice to make. I mean, he's going to be alive for like sixty some years. This isn't just about the four or five years left on his contract. It's yeah. kind of ridiculous that this just got added to the CBA. Hopefully, Eichel can do what he wants. I mean, I don't know what the what would happen if Eichel just said, you know what, I'm just going to get the surgery. What's Buffalo going to do, get rid of me for nothing? Then I can sign wherever I want. Yeah. I mean, unless yeah. the league kicks him out, like, I don't really see what the downside is for Eichel. Well, Friedman just said this today. Like, they were, he was talking about the, uh, the Eichel thing on the podcast, and he was like, the league might have to step in because it's getting ridiculous like it might have to go to court or something like it, it's it's it is really brutal i feel so bad for the guy like honestly, they have fumbled this any worse like buffalo no not I don't even, like even if you tried i don't think you could have done a worse job it's, it's, it's yeah for sure remarkable. like now camps around it doesn't matter which surgery he gets he's missing time your value takes another hit there yeah. you're not getting a full season of eichel you're getting at best half a season you're paying for a rental, well, not a rental in terms of one year, but a rental in terms of if you're a contending team, you're only getting three months of Jack Eichel at the end of the year. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I hope for his sake that it gets resolved quickly and that he gets what he wants because the bad guy in this situation is the Sabres. It's not Jack Eichel. Like Jack Eichel has gotten mm. touted as this guy who's like, he's, you know, he's complains and he's he, not committed. Know, yeah. Not, but which, like, I he plays in Buffalo. Like, what do you want him to do? That team is always terrible. He's like he he's clearly better, way better than everyone else on that team. And he he tried his best. Like, gave him the caps. He has to answer the media all the time. Like, let him be for a sec. He's gone through a really really tough go, and people still want to call him like this soft guy who's you know he can't take it. He's he's just complains all the time. I think that's garbage. I think that. Agreed. If you don't want Eichel on your team, you're stupid. I that's my opinion. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you, there's only yeah. so many top. There's only ten top ten centers in the league. He's one of them. Just because he hasn't played in a bit, you know, doesn't make him less of a top ten center. Man, I don't know. I just aside, like the the one thing that I want aside from Kachuk signed would be Pierre Dorian trading for Eichel at his low yeah. value, letting him get the surgery he wants. And all of a sudden, if it works, which it has over a 90% success rate in other sports, he's back in six weeks. But he's back in mid to late November, and he's playing for the Sens. And all of a sudden, their top six is actually pretty good. Yep. Uh, little note, he's getting his last signing bonus 
uh, at the start of next season. So maybe that's when we <laughs> trade for him. <laughs> oh, he's yeah, gonna. Sabers and Sens have a deal in place, but he can't get a surgery until next season. <laughs> Just so that his son. We give up an extra gone. third for the waiting. Of course, yeah. For the waiting. Come on. Uh-huh. Fair compensation is in order. By then, he's got a no move clause. Also. Um, oh sure really? This, I'm trying to. See oh, never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> is it modified or full? Uh, that's what oh, I'm it doesn't matter if it's modified. He'd have a one-team deal, and it would yeah. be like... It's actually, not a no-trade yeah. clause. It's a no-move. I think it's a full no-move. Oh, okay. tough bounce. You think he would waive it for Ottawa? <laughs> I mean, with how bad it's going in Buffalo, if Ottawa said, we'll let you get your surgery, he would do it. Probably. Yeah, sure. Probably. I don't think the no-move matters while he's still in Buffalo at this point. Like, he's he's just going to want out. Yeah. Yeah, he'll go to Detroit if he has to. We'll go anywhere. Yeah. Doesn't really matter. Um, on that note, we hope that Eichel, you know, figures out and gets well. We hope Kachuk gets signed. We are thankful that hockey is back. Sends preseason well underway. We'll see how the rest of camp goes. Lots to be discussed further. Hopefully in a week we can have better news than with these Kachuk talks and hopefully there are no more talks because he signed. So we will say this again, like we have every single week. If we have to do this again, we're going to be upset. At least so we don't just... have to do Logan Brown stuff again. Yeah. Oh, thank God. That was a brutal one. I hated that. I hated talking about that. It's, like so it's okay. We'll still be talking about Chris Tierney. Oh, he'll be here forever. He might be a send for life. Honestly. What was that thing you said last week? He's like 51st, 41st in, in franchise history. Good Lord. How do you where do you, how do you, where do you think he'll end the year? If he plays the whole year in Ottawa, you think he'll get in the top forty? Probably. I have to right? look at the list, but oh, definitely top forty. Like, yeah. Let's go. Ugh. I mean, his contract expires. He's definitely gone by the end of the season, at least. Oh, don't jinx it. Who knows? Maybe he's Mikel Bodker two point this season. Gets expelled to the press box and fourth line. Yeah, and then you well, or just complete press box, and you bring in Clark it's, Bishop, everyone's know, man, favorite. His thighs aren't big enough for that. That's true. Yeah, so I guess Branstrom's going to have to be up there, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we will we will see how it plays out. But once again, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, it means a lot. And we will see you guys hopefully in the next episode when we – we're calling it – I'm, I'm going to call it. He signs. He signs by next episode, and we don't have to talk about it anymore. That's, I think that's we got one on. more week. I think we have one more. So I mean, we could. I mean, we could just put off. You could be right, no matter what. We just put off the episode till he signs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can. We December first. Re- reality. Welcome be back. We want it to be. That's what thanks. <laughs> God. Um, but thank you again. We'll leave it on that note, and we will see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Yeah.